Today we're going to continue in our, our mindset series, and I've really enjoyed this series. And we're going we're gonna to transition in the next week or two to spending many, uh, many weeks in the, the Sermon on the Mount. So if you want to get ahead, you, uh, read in Matthew uh, the Sermon on the Mount. I've been working on this off and on for over a year, and I'm super excited. It, the Sermon on the Mount is a very difficult thing to swallow in many cases. There's times when you read things in there and you're like, that standard is up there, man. Uh, it is, it is, but it's going to be a neat, neat time. But today, as we, as we finish this mindset series, and if you've missed any of that, you can go on the iOS, uh, the Apple podcast, or on Spotify, you can go on the web and, and get that. And today we're going to talk about specifically the idea of, of hope. I don't know uh, if you remember this, and I'm going to say some things today uh, that, that I, I really, I, I really intend to to just deal with some honest issues when it comes to this thing we call hope, right? And, and I'm, I intend to not, not hold back on that as far as the truth we're going to talk about of why hope matters. And to start with, I'll tell you what was kind of interesting to me. I don't know if you can remember in, in March of, of when, when, right as COVID was first kind of coming onto the scene and, and before the, the mandate of mask, you know, was, or that was becoming something, you know, there was that, there was that, remember that first week when we were, it was all, all the signs were indicating that life was about to change. We didn't know how, but you kept hearing on the news and you kept hearing reports and you're like, okay, that, the government's about to step into this thing and we don't really know how it's going to land or where it's going to fall. But you started going to Kroger or Publix or wherever you shop. And that was when I first noticed and all of a sudden I started seeing more and more masks. And I'm like, okay, something's going on here. And, and so, and people are, are beginning to, and, and some of you wear masks. Listen, this isn't a mask issue. You're like, oh, what, what, what's he going to say about it? I'm no, don't, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm saying what, what began to happen was I was noticing even people that weren't wearing masks, if you talked to them or if you smiled or if you, if you were in a good mood, I don't know if this happened to you. It happened to me all the time that I, people would look at you like, what's wrong with you? In fact, I thought it was just me. I thought I looked funny, uh, which could be true. All right, you know, all right. So uh, I didn't need that, um, but but... But, you know, I, I thought maybe it was one of those things where it was just, uh, you know, but I, I, I heard other friends of mine going, have you gotten the look of shame? I'm like, yes. Like for saying hello. People would look at you like, what's wrong with you? Like I, I would just say hello to people and, you know, going through the coffee aisle or something. And, and you, if you, they would just look at you like, what, why are you talking to me? Like we, we should be afraid. We, we should be, we should be panic stricken and I'm not. Mask or no mask. Wear one if you want to. Don't wear one if you don't want to. You're a grown adult. I don't care. Doesn't make you good. Doesn't make you bad if you do or if you don't. But I tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to crawl under my house and wrap up in a bubble and, 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 you know, just swim in hand sanitizer all day if you can even find it, you know. I'm not doing that, I, I, and, and I'm not shaming anybody. I, I, please don't hear that. I, I, I'm just saying, I began to hear other friends of mine saying, have you got the look of shame? I'm like, I have. I thought it was just me. See, hope matters now more than ever. You know, friends, as we, this isn't, 
this isn't the last time that the world is going to face a crisis, whether it's COVID or 9-11 or whether it's a war or whether it's a recession or a depression or whether it's massive market job loss. But I think COVID did something to our nation. I think it took people into a place. That's why the first three weeks of COVID, we chose to do this thing called Path of Hope, the Path to Hope. Because I believe that people became confronted with the fact that you could die at any given moment. And people had always heard that and that had always been around that. And that was always kind of in the back of your head. And now it went from the back of your head to the front of your face. And so people began to really realize, "Uh uh-oh, I might die before I intended to. Before I'm 90 or 95 or 100, what happens if if I die? And, And I think it brought mortality to the forefront of the human mind. And for those of us that know Christ, you know, we, we handled that differently, or we should, because we serve a risen Savior. So today I'm going to talk to you about why I hope mindset matters now more than ever. So I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Romans. And on my Bible, it's page 971. Uh, yours is probably different than mine. But if you're on the U version, we're going to look at New American Standard, N-A-S-B. New American Standard is the Bible that I, I preach from. And we're just going to deal with one verse today. I've been looking at this verse for, the Lord first began to use it just for me personally. And I thought, man, that needs to go in the mindset series. So Paul is writing to Christians and he's, he's writing to Gentiles and to Jews and people that are outside covenant and inside covenant. And he's got... He's got a lot to say in this very deep book of Romans, but this is, the, this is the one verse. Here we go. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that verse is packed, man. It is packed with with, I mean, it's almost as if every word, and we know scripture is inspired by God. Scripture is, is, is able to be used for correction, reproof. The scriptures are, are infallible and inerrant. And this one verse, every word is placed. And I dug down deep into this verse for, for weeks looking at it. And, and we're gonna unpack what, why a mindset of hope matters now more than ever, because I, hope is not always what we think it is. In fact, let, let's talk about for a second what hope is not, right? For all of you at home, we're gonna talk about what hope is not. Well, hope is not just positive thinking. You, you, ever, you ever heard people use phrases like, I mean, I've done it a million times in my own life, you know? Things like, boy, I sure hope I could lose some weight. Well, you know, okay, you know? Yeah, I can, I can hope that all I want. I love that quote by Henry Ford. Henry, one of my favorite quotes, Henry Ford once said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. If you always do what you always done, you'll always get what you always got. In other words, if you don't change something, then you're not, you know, you're, you know I sure wish we could save some money. Well, okay. Hope is not just a strategy 
All right? Two things. Hope isn't just positive thinking, and hope isn't a strategy. How many, let me ask you, for all of those of you that run businesses, for all of those of you that, that are, are, are in, a cor- in the corporate world, in the marketplace, what, you know, do you think your superiors or your board members or your investors, if you had said in March, yeah, boy, I, I sure hope we can make it, they would have said, uh, you don't have a job anymore. If, if you're relying on just hoping we can, I need you to think. I need you to put your best stuff on the table. I need you to come to to the table now with creative ideas. Hope is not a strategy. It's not just positive thinking. It's not. Well, what is hope? Based on Romans. Based on the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13, what is hope? Well, let's define it. Let's see. Let's look at this. Here we go. Oh, we just went dark. Uh Uh-oh. That's not what I want. There we go. Faithfulness of Christ, what is biblical definition of hope? The faithfulness of Christ in the past paves the way for future certainty. Or the the faithfulness of Christ in the past paves the way for certainty in the future. That's, why do we define it that way? Because you can't put your opinions into the Bible. The Bible shapes us. Did you hear me, friends? We don't get to inject our opinions into the word of God. We do not mold the word of God. The word of God molds us. I have to bend to it. And based on Romans 15, 13, Paul said that the God of hope would fill you with joy and peace in believing. And we're going to unpack that word in just a minute. A biblical definition of hope is that the faithfulness of Christ in the past paves the way for certainty in the future. So, so why does a hope mindset, why does a mindset of hope matter now more than ever based on Romans 15, 13? Well, I'm going to unpack it a couple of ways for you today. And the, the first key truth that I would share with you is spirit-driven. Notice the very, very part of that, that last part of that verse, it's powered by the spirit. Spirit-driven hope gives me the power of perspective to endure the present. Did you hear that? Spirit-driven hope. Now, hope is not just positive thinking. We told you that this whole time in the, in the mindset series, that having a, a mindset is not just taking negative thoughts and trying to somehow turn them good. No, I love what Paul said right there. He said, it's all powered by the Holy Spirit. I really hope you're awake because that's really important to know. That our hope is powered Literally a battery, like you put a battery on a cordless drill or you charge up the battery on your phone. Every day you charge your phone. It doesn't work without a charge. It doesn't work without power. Your hope has actual power and that power is coming from the fact that Jesus came out of the grave and that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. So here's the deal. What Paul is saying by that word believing, that's a very important word right there. He said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now, I spent a lot of time on that word. I dug down deep in that word in the languages. And I'll tell you what the context of that is. The context of that word, this is really important. Paul is saying, I don't just have a hope for the future looking. Okay, I'm going to turn this way. I don't just hope for the future looking this way. My perspective this way is based on what I've seen back there. Did you hear me? Somebody give me a a digital emoji like dance or something. That's good stuff. See, you missed it. You're not awake. This is the 9 o'clock service. So the 11 o'clock would have gotten that, okay? Y'all need to step up, all right? Just kidding. Look, y'all have got to loosen up. Y'all are tight this morning, okay? You're tight. You got to loosen up a little bit, all right? 
So, so here's the deal. My, my perspective, go, I, I'm not there yet. Let's go. I don't want to go to the second one. There, stay right there. Yeah. The, so hope going this way is based, my perspective over here is based on what I've seen behind me. Based on what I've seen behind me. Listen to me, Christian friend. What you're facing today is not greater than what Jesus did at the cross. What you're facing today is not more powerful than what it took for Jesus to come out of that grave when he was dead. What you're facing today, you can look at based on past evidence and you can say, oh, oh, I see. Wait a minute, God is sovereign. Look in uh, chapter 15, verse four, go up a few verses. In verse four, notice what Paul said, and this is, really, this, is really, this is really neat. Paul said in verse four of chapter 15, for whatever was written in the earlier times, he's talking about the prophets, for whatever was written in the earlier times was written for our instruction so that through perseverance and encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. Isn't that neat? Paul is saying that you have this word of God and you have the testament of the people that saw Jesus alive after he was dead. You have a testament. You have a testament of God's faithfulness in the past and you have a testament of God's faithfulness in your past to tell you that there's nothing I'm gonna face in front of me that is more powerful than what Jesus did to come out of the grave and forgive me of my sins and secure my eternity from hell in all eternity. Nothing is more powerful than what Jesus did back there. So because of that, I'm able to look at my future and go, okay, God is sovereign. And notice what he said. So this sovereign God, verse 13 again, this sovereign God of hope, Paul's basically praying. He's saying, I'm praying that God will fill you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Two things, joy and peace, right? Joy and peace. What is joy? Joy is internal. Joy is not happy. Happy goes away, right? Happy is a new vehicle until you have to pay for it, Right? Right? I remember that, my first vehicle, first one I ever had to pay for. It was awesome. And then I, back in those days, the bank sent you a statement. And I was 19 years old, and I got it in the mail, and I went, oh, this isn't really a lot of fun. And I sold that sucker not long after that and, and, and paid for one in cash. So happiness is different from joy. Joy is not, listen, let me tell you something. Joy is not tied to context. Did you hear me? Joy is not tied to context. Paul was in a prison when he said, I have the joy of the Lord. He was chained to a wall, malnourished and beaten. And he said, no, I'm not, I'm not looking to that. And we have peace. Peace is an inner thing, right? So based on my past, I have more hope. Based on my past and what I've seen back there, I see that God is in control. He's in control. Yes, it gives me power for the present. I want to tell you something else that spirit-driven hope does. Spirit-driven hope honors God's reputation. Say, Jason, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm taking this out of what Paul said in chapter 15. Paul is writing to Christians. And I want you to start in verse 5. This is all tied together because our hope does something, and I, want, I don't want you to miss it. In chapter 5, I mean, chapter 15, verse 5, Paul says, Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement, don't you like that? 
grant you, power you, that's spirit-powered. May the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord, that's, that's a harmony, an internal harmony, that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to let that sit on you for a minute. Paul said, I'm asking that the God of hope gives you perseverance and encouragement to have one mind and one accord and one voice to glorify, circle that word. Why? Why do we have one voice? Because it sounds good. Why do we have one mind? Why are we together? Because it looks good? Because it feels good? Because it looks good? And it's just better to have a church? like No, no, no. It brings honor to God, to God's name. So what's the flip side of that? You want a great way to study the scriptures? Flip it. Seriously, I do it all the time. Flip it. Take the negative of it. If we don't have one voice and if we're not in one accord and if we're not together, God's name is not honored. And guess who's watching? All the people in Publix. All the people in Kroger. All the people in your board meeting. All the people in your, on your sales team. All the stay-at-home moms that you have play dates with. All the people that you sit in biology 101, freshmen. All the people that you're going to school with. If you don't have the same mind, if you don't have the mind of Christ and the harmony of Christ, and if we're not together as a body in hope, in hope, well, that says something to the world. It says something to the world. Listen, you guys, we are called to be different. We are called to be different. Now, I spoke about COVID a minute ago. Now, here's the deal. No, look, you're, you're a grown adult. We, 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 we got to use our minds. I mean, we can't, God gave you a brain. You can't be a moron. I mean, that's a theological word in Leviticus, okay? You can't, don't be a moron. You, 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 you can't be cavalier. You can't act like you're too good to get sick. You, you, can't, you can't act as if, you know, you can just, you know, go walking through and, and, and be, be, be crazy. Some of you, listen, just this very week, some dear people in our church have lost someone to COVID. It is real for the elderly population, for those that are at risk, for those that are in nursing homes. There is a segment of our population that, it, man, it, it, listen, this thing is it's, it's a real thing. But I also want you to know, so we're not, listen, you, you, you got to respect that. That's the word. You have to respect that. You have to bring respect to that. But I want to say something to you. Our ability to have hope as Christians, we are the people of hope. And we have got to be together that our world is not going to be dictated to us by fear of death. Our world's not going to be dictated to us by fear of death. Because you know what we've known all along? You're going to die, friend. Unless Jesus splits the sky, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a day that some of y'all, maybe if you make it that long, I would hope, come to my funeral. And you're going to somebody, I'm going to have a couple of people stand over me and talk about how amazing I was as a pastor. <laughs> I'm going to have them talk about how great of an orator I was and a writer and I'm going to, if I have to pay him, I'll have life insurance. I'll do it. But, but it's going to be real. 
and, 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 and that, that's, but the deal is I'm going to die and you are too. But in the church, we've got to have each other's back. And, and look, at what, look at what Paul says in verse 7. I haven't stopped yet. He says, he says not only does, does, do we have to have one mind, one voice, one accord. And then look what he says in verse 7. Therefore, accept one another. Man, just as Christ Jesus accepted us to the glory of God. You see, it's, it's, it's real different today. You know, you know, one thing that I, I've noticed as the, as the church has gone on, and I have a sneaking suspicion. I can't prove this. I, I can't. But I, I just have a sneaking suspicion as to why this is the case. But there was a day in church life. I don't mean clear view life. I mean just Christian church life. There was a day when we were always for each other. We had each other's back. We were together. Man, listen, I've heard my wife say so many times, she grew up in church, and I've heard Michelle say so many times, her, her, her student youth group, that was the place that she could be herself. No matter what she was facing at school from friends, no matter what she was going through, that group, even though they had their own junk, they were for each other. You know, there was a time in the church where we always had each other's back. But now, I think my sneaking suspicion is whatever happened in society in the last 10 to 15, 20 years, especially with the advent of social media, we are now in a world where everybody, everybody's always got, an, it seems like, an agenda. And now, if you say something, somebody's, listen, somebody's always offended by it. I guarantee you, there are people every week to get mad at something I say. Hang on long enough. If you haven't yet, I will get to you <laughs> eventually. I'm not kidding. Eventually, I'm going to make you mad. I'm an equal opportunity offender, all right? And I'm going to do that. And I don't, I don't mean to, but I want to tell you what's happening to me. Are you listening? This is really good. Are you listening? You see, we've, we've grown up in a culture in the last 10 years or so where it's, it, it's a... It's a crime of epic proportions if you get offended. People can lose jobs because they offended somebody. Life is full of offense, and we have grown soft. In the American culture, we have grown soft. Listen, my granddaddy, let me tell you what happened in World War II, man. My granddaddy went across Normandy Beach. While the men fought the war, the women made bullets. That's a different day than Starbucks. People had grit in those days. And today, people are always mad. Now, how many times have you been on social media? I've done this. I'm, if, if, just, I know you haven't. I have. I've done this before. Look on social media. What do they mean by that? Well, who do they think they are? You ever done that? I've done that. What are they, who are they to tell me? I mean, we, we're in a day now when, when I grew up. If something happened at school, my mom and my dad, they didn't even bother asking what happened. They always sided with the teacher. What'd you do? Well, hold on, you don't even know the story. I don't need to know the story. What'd you do? And now, if your kid comes home, well, who do they think they are? I'm suing somebody. What's your teacher's name? That's the truth. So we, we're... 
You think that doesn't, my point was, Jason, where are you going with this? You think that doesn't creep into the church? You think that doesn't creep into the church? We're always wondering about what do they mean by that? Who are they to say that? So we're in a culture now where if anybody tells you the truth, who are you? Who are you to say that? Let me tell you something, friends. I'm not saying what I think up here. I'm saying what this says. And what this says is that your accord and your voice and my voice and our voice and our harmony and our togetherness says something about the reputation of God. Now, God's not misaligning his reputation, but I want to say something to you. When we're not together, when we have a mindset that maybe isn't full of hope, well, it says something to the world. And there's never been a time that I've been alive in 47 years that the world needs a unified voice of truth from the people of Jesus like they do right now. Right now. Right now. Many of you I'm hearing reports as I talk to you out in the body of Christ, you've got more and more friends in the workplace asking you things about how to pray, asking you things about, how, they're coming to you. I hear it from many of you. You've got friends having spiritual conversations. Why? Because what COVID has done is it has brought to the forefront that there's something they can't control. There's something they can't control. They can't find their way out of it. They don't know if they touched it. They don't know if they're gonna get it. They don't know if they do get it, what's gonna happen to them. All of a sudden, people can't control something and now they're afraid that it could kill them. You see, that's why people who aren't afraid to die matter. That's why we matter. I'm not cavalier about death. I don't anticipate getting sick. I, don't, I mean, something's gonna get me, cancer, car wreck, I don't know, tumor, something's, something's going to take me out. Praise God. I don't intend to live here. I don't, I don't want to live in this place forever. I've been around too many of y'all. All right, and y'all been around me too. Listen, there's something else to look forward to. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have forgotten how to endure hardship. Go read 2 Timothy. I spent like a whole week in 2 Timothy, just for Jason, not anybody, just for Jason. I was blown away at how many times Paul said in 2 Timothy, endure hardship, endure suffering, be patient, endure, endure, endure hardship to the glory of God, endure. Nobody wants to endure anything anymore. So therefore, when we can't endure it in here, it says something to them out there, right? I think you get the point. Which leads me to my last truth. Actually, I want to, I already showed you that verse in 15.6. That was the verse we, with one accord, we would glorify God. But here's the, the third truth about what I want to share with you of why this matters with our voice. That our voice shines a light to those that are wandering in the dark. Spirit-driven hope. I'm not talking about positive thinking. Paul said in Romans 15.13 that our hope is what? Powered by the Spirit right? Powered by the Spirit. Our Spirit-driven hope shines a light to those wandering in the dark. People right now are wandering in the dark. They're wandering aimlessly. We're not. We're not. 
And that's why a mindset of hope matters so much. Now, remember what I told you in the very first sermon. I've mentioned it a few times, but I'm going to say it again in the last one of this series. Let's look at what a, a mindset in, versus a mind. Let's go to the next image there. Yeah, what is the mind? The mind is what you control. A mindset is what controls you, right? The mind is what you control. A mindset is what controls you. So, Going back to what Martin Luther said one time, one of my favorite all-time quotes from Luther, he said, you cannot control the fact that birds fly over your hair, but you can determine whether or not you let them build a nest in your hair, right? Yes, you can. You, you, you cannot control that birds fly over your head, but you can control whether or not they build a nest in your hair. I don't have a lot of hair. They would have a landing pad, like a helicopter pad. I got one right there. They would have that. All right, I got a perfect one. It's good. Shines bright. The mind is what control, what, what you can, God, listen, this whole series, what have you learned? That God gave you the ability to control what you believe. God gave you the ability to control what you believe. And what you believe, though, is what controls you. That's a mindset. So I want to talk to you for a second. Now, I'm taking a risk here, but I would rather take it than not take it. Some of you might get upset. Some of you might not. But it isn't going to change the fact that my role is the role of a shepherd. So what do shepherds do? Well, they do a lot of things. But what I've learned since I've been in ministry, in fact, it's the career path I've had since I was in my early 20s. What I've learned about shepherding is that a shepherd doesn't just let sheep eat where they want to eat. He takes them to pastures where they need to eat. Because there are some grasses that if, you eat, if a sheep eats them, this is a verified fact, it can kill them. There are certain weeds that if sheep eat, they could die. So a shepherd is in charge of protecting you. That's what shepherds do. So through the lens of protection, I want to talk to some of you this morning. You know, the last thing I would ever do, I, th listen, I, I, I would never shame you. That's, that's, not, that's not good. And so I'm not trying to shame anybody. I want to go back and say it again. There are people when it comes to the fear that we faced in COVID that are at high risk. There are some of you in our church that, that you're just more susceptible to it than, and you're taking precautions. Good for you. You should. You should. There are some of you that have pre-existing conditions. You got to be smart. You've got to be smart. But I've watched a lot of Christians that don't fit in that category. 
I've watched many Christians that are just panic-stricken. You know, we get here every April and we sing about this God that came out of the grave and he beat death. And yet, I'm not just talking about Clearview. I've watched Christians at large in many cases buy into the lies of fear. It is one thing to respect an outbreak that is smart. It's a whole nother thing to let an outbreak control your peace and your joy and the way you look at life. It's a, that's a whole different deal. We are called to have a biblical mindset. And as a shepherd, I want to say to you that if Jesus, listen to me, Christian, if Jesus really did overcome death, and if Jesus really did secure your eternal future, then it is inconsistent with the heart of the gospel that you would be afraid. It is inconsistent. Now, is fear, you, you better be listening because you're going to misquote me or you're going to go on Facebook and quote me, then I'm going to say something to you. All right? And I'm going to say it on Facebook where you said it. You... I didn't say fear was irrational. Listen, fear is a natural human emotion. Fear is a natural human emotion. It's what we do with fear that matters. Are you hearing me? Because the mind is what you control, but a mindset is what controls you. And there are some of you that are afraid, but fear is inconsistent with the heart of the gospel. And those wandering in the dark, when they see panic in your eyes, I didn't say not respect an outbreak. I think you should. I'm going to say it again. You should. And I'm not just saying that to you know, get me off the hook. I really do mean that. I've got family members that have pre-existing conditions, and I've told them, hey, you better, hey, just be smart. Be smart. Don't, don't, be, don't be cavalier. Right? Don't be cavalier. That's why we said at church, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. If you think you should, wear one. Do it. If you want to, you know, el what, the elbow thing or the fist bump thing or just wave from a distance, that's cool. I mean, it, I really do. It's okay. If you're taking precautions, take precautions. You really should. I'm saying there's a difference between respecting something and being afraid to death that you might die because you're going to die. You are going to die. At some point in your life, that life has a period at the end of it. And what happens after that, well, that's up to you. You see, our hope tells a story. Did you hear me? Our hope tells a story. 
you can take precautions and you can wear a mask and you can isolate. That's good if you should, but that you can still have hope while you do that. You can still walk in the confidence of God if you have a compromised immune system. You can still walk in the confidence of God that you're not afraid of it. You're just trying not to be dumb. I get it. That's smart. But I'm saying to you, we've got a whole, listen to me, church, and for all of you listening in digital land, we have a world that is looking right now. And your hope tells a story. Your hope tells a story. So tell the story. Tell the story. You know that there's a verse in Psalms that says that it's cold to sing songs to a troubled heart. It's cold to sing psalms to a troubled heart, to sing songs to a troubled heart. I expect non-believers to be petrified about dying. But I do not expect Christians to be. I don't. And I will face that day and it will not be fun. It will be weird and it will be, I will have fears and I'll have to take those fears captive. I will get sick one day and it'll be the last time I get sick and I will have to take that sickness and I will have to take it captive. I will, I will face death and I will have to take the thoughts of death Captive, And my prayer is that I can face death like Stephen did when I can look into the heavens and say, come on, come on, death. This is wonderful. That's my hope. I haven't tried it yet because I haven't been there yet. But that's my hope. But my hope isn't just positive thinking. My hope shines a light to those that are in the dark. So what do I do? And what do you do? What do we do? Well, I, I want to give you something, because that's the real question. What do I do in a world that is panic-stricken right now? Well, I wrote this down, and I want you to contemplate it this week. I want to give you a tool. I just don't want you to think different. I want to give you tools to be different. And the tool I want to give you this morning is something that I often do when it comes to sharing my faith. And I would say it like this. I would say predetermine how you will testify. Say, what, what do you mean by that, Jason? Predetermine how you will testify. Some of you are in the marketplace. Some of you are school teachers. But you've all, everybody in here has got friends. And you've got loved ones. You have got more opportunity than you've ever had to talk about how you are collected. Yeah, nervous, sure. Hey, COVID makes me nervous. I mean, it, it's a real sickness, it is. And I respect it. And I'm not making fun of it. It's real and it has really impacted people that I know. And the, but the, what the media has done with it, well, that's a whole different deal. So I've got people all around me every day that are scared. And I'm going to say to you, as you encounter those conversations at school, in the hallway, 
on the football field, on the playground with play dates, sales meetings, board meetings. When you have those conversations, listen, when you hear fear, speak to it. Speak to it. Whether you're an introvert or extrovert, speak to it. Go into all the world and preach the gospel isn't just for extroverts. Speak to it. Speak to it. You don't have to preach and give them a lecture. They don't need that. People don't need that. But what you can do is you can do what 1 Peter tells you to do. Look what 1 Peter tells you to do. 1 Peter uh, chapter 3. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready. See that? Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for what? The hope that is in you. And yet with gentleness and reverence. Do you see? With, with reverence. That means honor the person. Honor the person. Don't shame them for their fear. Because there's times you've been afraid. Don't shame them for their fear. But give an account for your hope. But look in the very first part of that. Sanctify Christ. That means set apart. Sanctify means set apart. I really hope you're paying attention to this Bible verse right now. Sanctify Christ as Lord. What is Lord? Ruler, dominant, master. That's what that, Yahweh. Ruler, dominant, master. Where? In your heart. Where is your heart? That is your soul, your mind, your heart, your will, your emotions. So let's put that in a paraphrase. Give Jesus first place over your emotions. Can I get an amen? amen? Give Jesus first place over your emotions. That's what your soul is. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, I pray that the God of what? Peace would sanctify you in body, soul, and spirit. Set you apart. Give Jesus first place over your emotions and always be ready to give in a defense. That is a reason why you feel that way. But listen to me, friends. Oh, listen to me. This is so important. When you encounter people that are filled with panic and fear, and you keep your mouth closed, then you leave them, you abandon them to their own worst nightmares. And love doesn't do that. Love doesn't abandon people to their own worst nightmares. Let me ask you, if you went into the doctor today and you were sick and he had some medication that would cure your liver, but he never told you about it. Well, the last thing you would call that doctor was loving. The last thing you'd call that doctor was a doctor that cares. You see, when we keep our mouths closed, we abandon people to their own worst nightmares. And right now... You don't have to go looking for these conversations. They're coming to you daily. Daily. So be ready. When I said predetermine, go back one. Go backward one. When, when I said predetermine how you're going to testify, the best thing you could do was have in your mind 
a statement, a word, a phrase, something, so that when you hear it, boom, now I know what to say, right? I'm already anticipating the conversation. So when it comes, I'm ready to say, hey, but let me tell you, yeah, I, hey, I realize you're afraid. Let me tell you why. Yeah, I'm nervous, but I, let me tell you why I'm not afraid. You ready? I'm going to tell you right now. You think people don't want to hear that right now? They do. So why does this matter? Look at what Jesus said. Let's go ahead to now, to the next verse in Matthew. Matthew 5, 16. What did Jesus say? He said, let your light shine where? Where's the target? Before mankind, before men, in such a way that they could see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Hope matters. Let your light shine before men. That's why a hope mindset matters, you guys. It matters. And it tells the world that we have a reason to live. When Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain, what he's saying is either way, I'm going with Jesus. Either way, I'm going with Jesus. And I want to say to you that are Christians, if you've been, I'm going to use the word, beyond normally concerned with COVID, well, then here's what you can do. Come home to God. No, no, nobody's telling you, hey, listen, there's not a person walking the planet that has not been concerned over this. But if you find yourself living in fear, come home to the power of the Lord. Come home to the power of the Lord. And you know what he'll do? He'll take that. You know what I'm thinking of right now? How many times did Jesus say, even to his disciples, when it got really tough, what did he say? Let not your heart be troubled. You know what he's saying, don't you? I know you're freaked out. I know you're afraid. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not true, I would have told you. I'd have told you. And I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming back. And I'm going to get you. Aren't you glad? You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter, but sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world is sending them the word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.